listening to the Double Spaced Podcast with your hosts, Tina and Sean. Hello and welcome back to the Double Spaced Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and with me as always is Tina. How are you doing, Tina? I'm awesome. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been about a month since we recorded last we I think we both went on vacation like at the same time yeah (laughs) worked out well right uh yeah I mean it's it's been a fun month it's been you know a lot of excitement going on uh we're we're here at least we're kind of in the hot time of year and I know in Canada you're experiencing some pretty unseasonable warmth is that right um today is pretty pretty normal but yeah it was pretty it was pretty hot it was nice because we yeah. were at the beach the last two weeks, so <laughs> oh, good <laughs> it was timing, great. It was huh? great timing for that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. One thing that I started doing earlier this week was something that we talked about on the last episode, which was the anthology. And this is uh, so that's going to be the big topic of this one. We're, g- we're going to talk about this anthology, but also how to get yourself into an anthology, and also a little bit of tips from what I've learned on starting an anthology and, and, you know, coordinating an anthology. Uh, so I figured that would be a good topic. You know, th- this is something that a lot of people, I remember going to um, like conferences, writing conferences, and they would always say, try to get into an anthology. It's it's one of those things where you can kind of get your foot in the door and, uh, you know, and, and kind of like a first step kind of a thing. Um, I, I believe that's true, but I believe that also, you know, established writers can also go into anthologies and and be just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to talk first about this anthology that that I'm coordinating and that you and I are both in. And and, uh, it's, yeah, it's very exciting. So this is called, it's called Through the Aftermath and it has 19 authors. I know I talked about it last time, but I don't think I gave a lot of these details, but 19 authors and it's, it it, it runs the gamut, you know, it runs from established best-selling authors like Kyla Stone and David A. Simpson and, and Scott Baker and, and M.P. Fitzgerald and a couple of these others. And then it goes all the way to auth- like first-time writers, you know, people who have never been published before. And I think that's important to have that, uh, that spectrum because the, you know, the first-time writers, this is a big deal. And I understand, you know, that I'm I've never been published either. So this is a, a big deal for me as well as, you know, getting in here, even though I'm the one coordinating it. <laughs> but but I think it's it's a, a pretty cool thing. And one of the writers told me that, um, you know, he says, you're making my dream come true. So I thought that was so cool. <laughs> so this anthology, Through the Aftermath, is it's about 85,000 words, a little over 200 pages, I think, from what, you know, from what I have set up right now. It could change, of course. Um and it runs, it runs through a, quite a spectrum of topics as well. Now, the the main topic is post-apocalyptic. That that's everything it has something to do with after an apocalypse, right? But there are, I mean, I, just going through the list here, there are zombie ones, of course. There are some gruesome, you know, horror zombie <laughs> ones that I really like. Uh, there are. There's one like a space. There's a couple space ones actually. One of them is a, uh, called Spaceman, and it kind of takes place with a, a guy who is, you know, out in space when the world ends. And and then there's uh, one with anthropomorphic 
creep you know characters uh there's a, a rabbit character and and so i think that one's really cool it kind of it's a it's not cartoony you know it's not like a like a kid's story but it uses that kind of imagery it's very very cool there's there's one about the wind being apocalyptic which <laughs> you know i can see that sometimes it's, uh and then you know i i just th- there's a big variety that i really enjoyed reading through and, and compiling and just saying wow people are really going to love this you know they're going to love these stories um do you want to talk about yours a little bit without you know spoilers oh or sure yeah i'm so excited to be part of the the anthology it's so cool to be with all these other like bigger writers because i consider myself obviously like a little little baby writer um compared <laughs> to all of them but uh yeah so mine is kind of a classic you've got like a a community of people and they don't really talk about why the world ended and you have these younger people i usually write about a- adults and these 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 people are actually a little younger. They're about 20 and it's, mm-hmm. it's two girls and they're best friends. And the one convinces the other to go searching for some lost technology in this kind of forbidden line, forbidden zone um, because she wants to prove that she's, you know, cool enough to join the Rangers, something like that, you know, that kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. And what they find there is not something that they're overly happy to find. <laughs> Mm. It's a bit of a fight goes on, so it's uh, it was fun. It was really fun to write, and I I kind of focused too on a lot of like imagery, and there's like these giant columns everywhere and that have fallen down, yeah. and it's I kind of wanted to focus on that aspect more than just the, um, but that's kind of how I write anyway. I'm kind of flowery. <laughs> I try not to be, but I, <laughs> yeah. No, I liked it. I, I like Thank it you. a lot. It's uh, I like there there are a couple in here that really blew me away and you know, you get to the end and you're like, wow, okay, that's, that went where I wasn't expecting or, you know, something I'm so excited to read them all. I mean, I've read the one, I've read mine, I've read yours and I've read, sorry, I've read three. I've read, I've read EA Fields as well, obviously. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. And, and that's the funny thing is I feel like, I feel like I know a big secret because I'm the only one who's read all of these. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there, I mean, people are going to like these. There's some really I just, I'm, you know, and, and that's the cool thing about getting new writers in is because you get, you get pleasantly surprised, you know, um, you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you you take a chance and then you're just blown away. It's really cool. I was going to say, sometimes, you know, not every story will resonate with you, but usually at least most of them will, I find with anthologies. So it's great that you have that like variety yeah. of topic and genre and writing style to like, to choose from. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I like it a lot. It's, and, and. A few of the entries are from uh, the writing contest that we had at Post Apocalypse. Oh, right. Media so I have last... read those as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've read a couple of those. Uh, we had the three winners from that and then a couple others. Um, and I don't know, like, this isn't like an official post apocalyptic media anthology, but, uh, you know, I've talked to our boss and, and with the possibility of, of making it something that we could do with the winners of the writing contest, like more often, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe every year. So I think that would be kind of cool. Um, but anyway, I don't, I don't want to make this a big commercial, you know, because <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like I, you know, I'm not a very good salesman, so I don't want to try to make it like that, but there's a Kickstarter going on right now for this. And the Kickstarter is, well, it's already funded, which is amazing to me. You know, two days it got, it reached its funding goal. So apparently people like it, They've seen something they like. I did post it on my Instagram, so hopefully nice. that helped a bit. Nice. <laughs> I nice. tagged all the writers too. Oh, cool, so. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's people have been sharing it a lot, and 
I think what if if you're not familiar with Kickstarter, if anyone listening is not familiar, it, it's basically a way to get funding for something early, like. But it's not donate, you know, it's not donations. Um, I had some family members who were like, "Well, I'll donate a hundred dollars," and I'm like, "Well, it's not. <laughs> that's not what it is. It's not donations. <laughs> it's not, not a charity. <laughs> yeah, it's not a charity. It's basically a way to get early access to this stuff, uh, where you can get the, you know, you can get like a, a bundle. You can get the the ebook, the paperback, and the hardcover for one bundle price. And I'm also offering for people to get their names in the book, which I think was a um, a pretty cool, you know, opportunity. I would have probably like done that if I wasn't in the book. <laughs> well, yeah, you're on the front page, so exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really pay for it. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, I think it's cool though that so people are are taking part in that and and getting their names. There's two different sections. There's like you know you you get to this tier and then you can get your name in the inside of the book. You get to this tier and you can get your name on the back cover. Um, and so I think that's it's a cool way of doing that because a lot of people want to participate in that you know they think that's um i mean i think also that's a, that's a really cool idea uh so there's that there's also like i said hardcover paperback and ebook there's also stretch goals so if we get past a certain uh total then it'll it'll open up new things like bookmarks there's a calendar Ooh, um, i want the calendar <laughs> yeah me too and, and so once we get past that everyone will automatically get those things. It's not like an extra add-on or anything. You'll automatically get those things. And then an audiobook is something that I, I really want to do. And I have two two different categories for that. There's just a regular audiobook with one narrator. And then if we get past a certain goal, I want to have a narrator for each story. So 19 different narrators, which will Ooh. be kind of, that'll be a big job <laughs> getting all that together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, that you know, that's the last that's pretty much the last uh, stretch goal, um, and and so I I didn't I guess I didn't explain for the bookmark and the calendar that's all going to use AI art and AI art is what I used for the cover as well I I uh, I'm fascinated by it I you know I've used AI art for a couple months now and just just really love it which is basically you enter a text prompt. And you have to have certain keywords in there and you have to, you know, you can switch the aspect ratio and you can even say what kind of artist painted it or if it's an oil painting or watercolor, you can do things like that and it'll come up with a, an image, which is amazing. So I did like a mech, like a giant mech in front of a destroyed city and I said that, and I played with it in Photoshop too, but I said that would be perfect for It's really for the cool. Cover. Yeah. <laughs> it's think, really cool. I can't wait to like have it on my shelves. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's. It, it works too because it's kind of dystopian when you think about AI yeah. making art. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to do that for the cover, and I remember I talked to you about that for a long time ago, right? When when I first started mm-hmm. thinking about it, I said I'm thinking about doing AI art for the cover because it's it's something that I just wanted from the beginning. So for the calendar and the bookmark, that will be also AI art, and the, the calendar will have twelve different, you know, images, and uh, yeah, I mean I think that'll be fun. Is it going to have that weird skull one that you, you were talking about <laughs> on the other podcast? <laughs> yeah, possibly. I don't know. That one's, yeah, there it's have crazy. been some really amazing <laughs> ones. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's the Kickstarter. Like I said, it's already reached its goal, but there's the stretch goals to look forward to. Um, this is definitely not something where I'm going to, you know, I'm trying to make a lot of money at it. It's basically to pay for the writers and, and the publishing costs and everything like that. And uh and then, you know, past that, 
then we can start getting into the the extras and stuff. So um, I'm just happy to, I'll be happy to have a book in my hand with my name on it, first of all. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I have a local bookstore. We, I know we've talked about this before, like local mom and pop bookstores. And I'm excited about bringing that book to them and being like, hey, can you put this on your shelf? <laughs> you know? It's just, I don't know. It's like a little goal of mine. It's funny. Yeah, so that is, that's basically where we're at on that. And so I wanted to spend the rest of the show talking about anthologies and, you know, fitting right in with this. Um, first, I want to talk about how to get into an anthology and from my own experiences and how I set it up. And then I want to talk about how you can set one up yourself if, if that's what you want to do. So why would you want to get into an anthology? Um, as a writer, you know, short stories are a good way to kind of get started. And it's not that they're really easier. I think that they're just, uh, they're different. You know, you're not writing the hero's journey in 3000 words. You know, you're writing, um, you're, you're going down the line and you're kind of, you're making like a scene basically, you know, and, uh, and you're putting that in, into three to 5,000 words or whatever, whatever you're supposed to get. And I think it works well because, you you can get your stuff in there and you get your you get your exposure. Uh, a lot of these anthologies will pay you, but some of them don't. Um, so you know it's a good way to make a little extra money or whatever. But getting into to an anthology is just basically a, a good way to um, you know get yourself out there. Uh, have you been in an anthology before this? No, I'm not usually a short story writer. Oh, okay. I have some, but um, yeah, I tend to focus more like ever since I started writing, I never started with short stories. I started like right away with novels. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like writing short stories occasionally. I loved writing this one. It was so fun to have like a prompt to kind of work from. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, uh, I've submitted stories here and there to like contests and stuff, but it was never, it was never like something I really considered and I, maybe I should have <laughs> Yeah. back when I was an early writer. Um, yeah, it's, it's so cool, though. Like, I have tons of anthologies myself that I've read, and I found a lot of authors of novels from them because I'm like, oh, I really like their short story. I'll look, out, I'll look up for their their uh, their books. Like, Jeff Vandermeer, I found hmm. his books because, um, I, I mean, Annihilation and stuff is kind of his big ones. But before that, he's written some other kind of weirder books. And I first came across City of Saints and Mad Men from this halo <laughs> anthology collection where he wrote like a short story and i loved it and so i i, I looked him up and i have all of his books now <laughs> nice yeah yeah so it works <laughs> yeah it totally works <laughs> that's cool yeah i i like i like the idea of anthologies i read them all the time and i same same thing like you said you know you you can find so many different writing styles and mm -hmm. you can even skip them. If you if there's one you don't like, you can't get into, you could skip it. You don't have to be like, oh, I just wasted this entire book. You're just like, you wasted, you know, 3,000 words that you just skipped to the next one. And uh, and even if it's the same author, like I yeah. have some, some of all by the same author. And I've had a few of those where I'm like, okay, I don't like three or four of these, but I love the rest of them. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I first got into Stephen King when I was younger with uh, Four Past Midnight. Oh, yeah. uh, which I really, I really enjoyed that one. And he's written quite a few short story anthologies with just himself, you know. Uh, I think Nightmares and Dreamscapes was the one that I first read of his. Yeah, yeah. That was a big one in, when I was old enough to read them. Yeah. 
or maybe too young to read them in my case. Just oh, definitely. <laughs> I was probably like nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. I think I'm a big fan of people, you know, trying out and getting into these. Um, so, you know, there are some de definite benefits, uh, of course. So how do you do it? Well, of course, you finish your story, right? Um, <laughs> people don't want to hear about, you know, if you're writing a story, they want to know if you've um, finished one and, you, you know, you have one ready to go or, have it edited yeah yeah have it edited all that kind of stuff now there are exceptions to this i did have a lot of people in i you know i went to them and i said hey would you like to be in this anthology and they said yes and i think you're one of those who said i'll write one specifically for the anthology and mm -hmm. and that's i love that that's kind of like flattering that you would you know when you're taking your time <laughs> <laughs> to write a story specifically for this topic and i think that's really cool but of course there are others who had um stories ready they wrote a bunch of stories i said do you have a post-apocalyptic one and they said yeah i have one right here and that was nice for me because i got it immediately you know that was nice but I do like the fact, it, both sides are good. You know, they both have pros and cons, but I do like the fact that people were writing them specifically with this in mind. That was really cool. Um, so, yeah, so make sure you either finish a story or you, you know, know what you're going to finish, that, you know, that you can finish a story. Um, and then, like you said, edit it. Have it edited. Have, you know, show your friends. Uh, well, maybe not friends because they're not, <laughs> they're not friends great are the worst honestly yeah, I, mean, yeah. I love my friends but they're not interested in my writing at all and yeah. that's fine i'm not interested in their i don't know bead embroidery or whatever the heck they do so <laughs> <laughs> or whatever video games they're playing you know like unless yeah. i'm playing with them so i'm like i'm always trying to find other writers to read my stuff yeah. rather than than my random friends who don't even read books so <laughs> yeah and also your friends and family are going to be like oh it was really great and you're like, well, what, yeah, wait, exactly. what, 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 what part did you like? What part didn't you like? And they're like, oh, I just liked all of it. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. So unless you, sometimes you do find a good friend that is yeah. good for that, but you really have to, it's few and far between, at least for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're very supportive. They just, you know, it's not there. I can't ask them to read all my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think having, you know, a peer group, uh, and they have those on Facebook too, or you can get on like a beta oh, yeah. reading group and, and stuff like that. And. Twitter has a big group of like beta reading communities and stuff like that. You can also yeah. pay for beta reads as well um, if you want someone that, but I don't know, that, that's hit or miss sometimes too. Yeah. Really look at the reviews if you're going to hire someone to do a beta read. Yeah. They have that on Fiverr, I know. Um, mm -hmm. You can get that there. But yeah, so so you def definitely want other eyes on your story to check it out, see if there's any big things that you've missed or, or you know, things like that. Now, what I did is I... I didn't know. I guess a lot of people, when they put together anthologies, is they'll they'll go through a series of edits, and this happens, you know, of course, mainly with novels. Go through a series of edits where there's content editing, and then and then after that, there's you know more of like grammatical er editing and, mm -hmm. and you know yep, like things like that. Yeah, and proofreading. Well, what I did, and I, this is my choice, and I don't think a lot of people do this, is I had people submit their stories to me, and I asked that they had it edited you know pretty close and i didn't resubmit it to them to change anything i just changed stuff and i in the contract itself now i didn't i didn't change story or anything like that i'm just talking about you know clarity issues and things like that um mm -hmm. but i had it in the contract that said that i you know i will do that if i feel that i need to now i didn't really i i, I went after i kind of started at the beginning with this i i nipped it in the bud and made sure that I got good writers 
from the beginning. Um, and the ones, even the ones that I didn't, uh, that were first time authors, a lot of them had submitted their story already to the, to the contest. So I already knew their mm-hmm. story. Um, but I didn't, you know, personally, I didn't really do a lot of back and forth. There was uh, maybe two people that I did some back and forth with, but other than that, there was not a lot of back and forth. I didn't send it back and say, rewrite this entire section because it's only 3000 words or, you know, to 5,000 words. Uh, so I didn't think it was a big deal. There were just some parts where I rewrote, um, just for clarity and and mainly i would say 95 percent of the rewrites i did were um you know commas and hyphens and things like that you know not a big deal yeah so uh, i i just have seen a lot of people who put together anthologies have said that they send stuff back for total rewrites and i feel like that's i don't know i, I kind of covered that by getting people that i knew were uh you know good writers i guess i don't know hmm. um but anyway, so that's kind of, you know, the way I did it. But you don't have to do it that way if you're putting together an anthology, that is. Uh, but just what I'm saying is if you are a writer, be ready for that. You know, you can't get offended if someone sends it back and says, yeah, I need you to write this whole, you know, these 200 words here because it doesn't flow right. You just have to say, OK, you know, <laughs> especially if it's oh, an yeah. editor who knows what they're talking <laughs> about. Well, that's the thing. It's the same with traditional publishing. People. Yeah. Some people think that you send your book in and the publisher's like, this is amazing. And they publish it as is. It's like, no, there's a developmental edit. Yeah. Then there's like th- two or three copy edits. Then there's proofreading. Then there's usually a reread to make sure, you know, and all this stuff. It's it's a lot of, there's a, your, your manuscript does not look the same. And <laughs> it's the same with short stories as well, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and also what you want to do is you want to make sure that there's a definite word count so you know what to stick by. You want to make sure that there's a like a prompt or, or you know the guidelines for the theme, and just stick by all that stuff. You know, and make sure that um, that it's defined, you know, in concrete. That you know exactly what the the editor wants from you, uh, so that you. And this actually works when you have a story that maybe is more general, and you can kind of. I'm not a big fan of this, but I've heard of people who will cater their story to a certain uh, anthology by changing a few things. Like, let's say it's a post-apocalyptic one, and maybe you wrote it as a contemporary, modern one. And then, well, you can throw in some post-apocalyptic stuff and make it post-apocalyptic. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big fan of that because it kind of changes your original idea for it. But it's possible. I guess. Yeah, I guess if it's kind of straddles like two genres, like say you had one yeah. that was kind of a sci-fi fantasy and it was like a fantasy submission, you could cut out kind of the sci-fi part of it. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't just, if, especially if it's only 5,000 words, why you yeah. wouldn't just rewrite it or just come up with a different idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so many ideas out there. And I've done where I had a story, this is for contests, not anthologies, but I had a story that was 5,000 words and then I wanted to enter a contest that wanted up to 2,500 words. So I literally had to cut it in half. And I really like the second, you know, the, the cut down one a lot because mm-hmm. I just refined it and it, it, I thought it was great after that. So, you know, that's something to consider also, just write and then you could hone it down to be within there. Uh, I actually got this a lot because my, I said my max was 5,000 words. I got a lot of like 4,995 words. <laughs> you know, I got like five or six. So there's mine that's like 3,200. <laughs> uh, 
but I just thought it was funny and I felt kind of like like maybe saying well now I'm curious about what the rest of it was <laughs> you know what you cut out but, <laughs> um, but yeah I mean just stay in the guidelines and make sure that you are communicating with the editor and, and that you know you know exactly what and expect. I mean, if you need an extra 250 words, I'm sure they're not going to be like, no. Yeah. It's just they don't want people sending in 12,000 words when it's supposed to be 7,500, things like that. Like, yeah. you know, there, there is play, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is definitely. And I've told people that too. And they say, oh, I just can't get it in into 5,000. I'm like, well, well, how much more is it? If it's only like 100 more, who cares? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I did make one exception to my my word count rule, which I hope doesn't make anyone mad. But uh, so I'm Kyle, furious. I know no. <laughs> Kyla Stone is the author who uh, I was really excited to get Kyla because when you do a search on Amazon for post apocalyptic books, she's usually right up there at the top. She's and so she, cool. Yeah, she <laughs> has tons and tons of books, and she's a great writer. And so she said, "Well, I have a short story you could use, but it's eleven thousand words." And I was like, ooh, well, that's fine. You know, I, I ah. but so what I did is I made it the last, the last story. It's kind of like, you know, like I don't know. It's, it's, it's the, common though. I've seen that for sure. Like, you know, you have like yeah. some long ones at the end or the Jeff yeah. Vanderbilt one I was talking about in the Halo one is like, it's almost a novella. Like it's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I broke my own rule with that one, but, um. I guess I'm saying it's possible, you know, if you if you can stretch it a little bit, just talk to the editor, you know, talk and and figure out what's going on and and how far you can go, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's those are some really quick tips on if you're looking to enter an anthology. Now, I think another big one is how you know who do you talk to, right? Well, you can join Facebook groups. There's groups on uh, people looking to be an anthology. There's people you know, looking to get more people into an anthology. There's there's that kind of thing. Like you said, Twitter has a great writing community for beta readers and and also for short story writers and all that. Um, I went into, I got a couple writers from a uh, an undead, well, it's called Writing Undead, and it's a like a zombie writers group on Facebook. <laughs> and all they do is they write about zombies, and, but it's all authors. So I went in there and... Um, it's it's a little hard sometimes to get a an admin to like you know put your like allow you to put your thing out saying I'm looking for short because you know there are scams and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. So when you say hey I want to put my call out for short story writers they're like well tell me all the details how much are you paying you know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it's good to know that the admin are at least vetting those types of posts. Yeah, because. With Kindle Ve- with Kindle Vela, is that what it's called? Um, yeah, the new one. Yeah, you would think that there are probably people out there, unscrupulous people, that would like do that, and then they would take your short story and they would upload it on under their account and then make money off oh, of it. Yeah. So that's probably what they're worried about. I mean, there's so many scams. That's probably just a new scam, but there's scams. So many scams yeah. out there. Oh yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> they think of people, new ways every day. Humans. Um, and and that's another thing is you know. You, it's okay to be cautious and not send in your story until you have signed that contract. Uh, you know, t- till you have it set in stone on paper saying that you will get this for this, you know, for your story and just look, look it over, make sure that everything is covered as far as pay and rights. Rights is a big mm-hmm. one. Uh, you want to make sure that they, I mean, some people will make you give away all rights to the story. 
which means you can never publish it anywhere else and you they can actually make money off it like if they made t-shirts or something with your story yeah. on it you know <laughs> like merchandising it's it's possible that they could get all rights away from you well what i did is i i wanted non-exclusive rights just for the story i'm, I'm not interested in anything beyond this i just want you know just for the story so it's non-exclusive for the story only and it was clear in the contract saying this is what it is uh, beyond that it's all yours you have copyright still you have trademark to your story you know and yeah, that's, never I give your copyright important. away if you're an author yeah. never give your copyright you can give your sell your rights for a certain number of years or forever or whatever but keep the copyright to yourself because then if the contract yeah. expires you still own that that's something a lot of people don't really understand which makes sense because copyright law is boring and <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah for sure always keep your copyright yeah and that's think, an important one yeah but uh yeah so i so i that's how i did ours just non-exclusive which means it's not uh you know i don't get it get that story forever and like like you said you, some will also offer a time limit like six months in case there's like reprints or whatever um i i don't i, I don't know if that's what it it is is reprints do you know if it's... I mean, sometimes it, it depends really on what they want to do. Like if you wanted to, you could have a, an anthology where they're not allowed to publish that story anywhere else for three or four years kind of thing. And mm. then after yeah. that, that expires and they can publish wherever they want. I think that's more for like bigger best-selling authors. Like for example, if Stephen King were to put a, a short story in an anthology with Penguin Random House, then, you know, mm. Simon Schuster wouldn't want, they wouldn't want Simon Schuster to do it too yeah. you know what i mean like i think yeah. it's more for that <laughs> for the big the big guns <laughs> yeah the big money stuff yeah yeah where they're making millions of bucks <laughs> yeah yeah so that's not me um <laughs> me either <laughs> so yeah so i think uh i think it's safe to you know when you're getting into an anthology that that's probably what you look for it's just not exclusive even if it's just for a few months mm -hmm. exclusive for a few months that's not a big deal so yeah there's that I think that covers everything as far as getting into an anthology. Uh, but so setting one up, that's another thing I want to talk about. So of course I don't, I'm not, you know, a super expert on this. I've done one, well, almost done with one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but what I've learned, I think I've learned a lot and usually learn a lot the first time you do something. Um, I really enjoyed this, but it's a lot of work. Like I, you know, I used to be a manager for writers. I used to be an editor-in-chief at Massively.com. And, and there were 20 writers, and I would manage those writers, you know, manage their stories they wrote and and their deadlines and all that stuff. And I really felt like I thrived at that. That was always a fun job to me. And so this kind of brought that back, you know, getting, they say herding cats. Well, that's, <laughs> it's kind of like that, but it's, you're getting professionals who, well, not always professionals, but you're getting people who, you know, know what they're doing, and then you get people who, uh, who don't, and you have to kind of answer their questions. Which I was, I was surprised. There were a lot of people who, who I got in there, the you know, first-time writers who didn't know what a bio was or things like that. And <laughs> I, when I say a lot, I mean I, a couple. But and and I didn't. I guess I took that for granted. You know, I was like, hey, I need a bio, and they would say, and they felt, and I could tell they were really kind of embarrassed about. It. They're like, well, can you tell me what exactly you want in the bio? Yeah, people never and I'm know. Like, They're well, like. They're like, oh, just write three sentences about my hobbies. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a good question because I just, yeah, like I is. said, I took it for granted because they didn't know, well, how, do you want it third person or first person? I'm like, well, that's a good question. I didn't yeah, even mention Yeah, it is a good that. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so yeah, so I, I had to go through and kind of explain that. And I think it was something that next time I'm going to make sure that I uh, detail a little bit better. You know, this is the, how I want your bio, um, you know, things like that. Right. Um, yeah. Cause you probably got a whole different variety of them and you probably want them all yeah. to kind of look the same and have the similar length. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want them to be consistent. And so that when people, cause they're going to be at the beginning of each story. So when people go and they start each story, they want to be able to read just a snippet of this person, um, you know, hobbies, achievements, that kind of thing. Not a life story, just <laughs> little things here and there. So I asked for, um, I was a lot of authors and I asked for a bio from someone once and they sent me like two and a half pages and I was like, I needed like four sentences. <laughs> and I was like, but that's on me for not specifying, yeah. I guess. I'm like, I don't need your child history though. Like <laughs> it was so cute. I was like, oh my God. It's like, well, now I know you very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so also it goes with the flip side of the other, what I was talking about getting into an anthology. So when you set up an anthology, you want to make sure you establish the guidelines very clearly on theme, word count, uh, even maybe let them know, uh, you know, any ideas you have for, for like a specific theme. Mine was just post-apocalyptic. I said anything to do with that because I want people to be creative. I want them to, to show, I don't want to say, you know, it has to be like Mad Max, because I want people to, I don't want it to be a fanfic, you know, anthology. Yeah. I want people to, to surprise me. And, and they did. And give me, you know, like off the wall stuff. Some of these stories took place not, you know, 50 years after the apocalypse. They took place thousands of years after the apocalypse. And I like that. I think that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, make sure you have guidelines that you can tell these people right off the bat. Um, and, and be specific. You know, don't be afraid to to give them more prompts and, and let them know exactly what's going on because um, you can't, you know, it's like we just mentioned with the bio, you can't expect people to read your mind and then be, you know, disappointed when they don't. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it was cool to works. have that blank slate actually. Cause I was kind of like, I yeah. had one original, an idea at first and I was like, I'm going to write this. And I was like trying to think of how to do it. It was kind of like mixing the time where someone's like staring at a tv screen but it's actually blank and they're having like memories but i was like how do i do this and then i got this inspiration for the other one and i was like you know what no that one sounds more fun i'm gonna shelve that one for now and come back so it was kind of cool to have like uh such an open-ended topic <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah and i like that when when that happens too when you get a story idea and you're going with it and you're like this is the one i'm gonna do and then you're like wait a minute i just thought of a better one <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, okay, so also, so we have like, you know, setting up your guidelines, things like that. You have uh, genre, theme, word count. Uh, you can announce a specific time when you're accepting submissions, and that includes a deadline, and that's a big one. Um, I didn't have any problems with deadline this time. A lot of people submitted their stories early, which is great. Uh, so, you know, just be sure to stick by this deadline because you want to be fair to everyone. Some people meet that deadline or exceed it, or, you know, way earlier and if you give leeway to someone who's you know turning it in a couple of days later you have to make sure that you're just firm on that and uh mm -hmm. and you know i i actually extended mine at first i had it august 1st i think and then i said oh, let's go to the 15th because i knew that i wanted to do this kickstarter on on september or at the end of uh, august so but yeah just have a timeline set up you know try to figure out how you want to do this as far as if you're doing a kickstarter 
you know, when you want to run that. And then there are things you can do while the Kickstarter is running. You know, you can edit these stories if you already have them. I've seen anthologies on Kickstarter where they didn't even have all the stories yet. And they were, there's actually one on, it might be right now. I know it was last week where they said, we have these 10 authors, these 10 stories, and we need 15 more. So donate to the Kickstarter or, you know, pledge to the Kickstarter and then, you can also possibly be one of the, the stories. Oh, which one is it? I want. <laughs> I don't. Remember, I don't remember what it's called. I'll have to look but it I, up. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because it cool. was like, wow, they're not even done with it yet, and that's kind of a good way because I don't know if like a I don't know how they had it set up. If you pledged more money and then you got to write in the the anthology, I don't you got know. An option? Maybe they they'll read it first and be like, okay, actually, yeah, you're good. And that's actually that reminds me. There was another one that had the option to uh, to give classes, so they would say like, oh. you know, if you if you give this much in this tier of of pledge, then you get uh, a, like a writing class with one of our authors. I thought that was cool. Because that's the thing about Kickstarter. I didn't really understand until you actually posted this. Because you because we've talked about it before, but I never understood that. Oh, when you're pledging, you actually get the thing. Yeah. So like the twenty dollar tier, you get your name in it and you get the paperback. It's like, well, you would have paid for that anyway. So yeah, it's just like, yeah. I didn't really get that. And so now I'm like, oh, no, now I'm going to start going on Kickstarter. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I need to apologize to your husband right now. Oh, yeah, gonna... <laughs> yeah, honestly. I'm not like I have enough books. And <laughs> I'm going to start doing the board games. I played the Thing board game at the cottage, which is where I was on vacation, and it was fantastic. So if you like board games, the Thing board game is awesome. Oh, just, I, to, I just, love board games. It's really yeah. cool. It's like one of those, um, you know, that Among Us game that people played over COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that, but it's also like a, a teamwork game. Like it's it's cool because you become this. There's three zones in the game, and so you get through the first zone, and then more people get infected, but you don't know who gets infected, and you have to do like blood tests. It's it took my sister and I about an hour and a half to figure out how to play it, and then we just started playing it with my with everyone else, and it was really fun. I highly oh, recommend that, that cool. game. <laughs> it was really it's, cool. And we also it's, were playing it wrong and we couldn't win. It was impossible <laughs> to win. And we were like, oh, we have too many things because we had less people than the game. It could tell you like six players is this. Well, we were playing with four. And so we had way too many things. And we were like, there's no uh, way we'd ever win. <laughs> that's funny. It's good. Sorry. That was a I love, uh, well, no, I love, I love board games. And uh, there have been many times where we've played a game wrong. And then at the end, we're like, well, actually, I like that way better. Let's play it that way. It's like how my like, sisters and I used to play like Sorry and Monopoly and stuff yeah. completely wrong when we were children because it was better that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It works. See, that has to do with writing. You're rewriting the rules, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. And then uh, let's see. So you have... A lot of things that come after, you know, once you, you get your stories together, if you're going to be the one who edits it, you know, you, you do that. If you have someone to submit it to, to do the final edits, uh, that's all a big process. And then after that, you have the formatting. Now, you could probably talk more about this, the formatting part, because like once I get to the part where I'm done and, and it's been edited, I have the cover done, all that kind of stuff, it goes to the publisher. So talk about what, what goes from there, the formatting. And, so and formatting, that. I guess if you're doing it yourself, like if you're self-publishing, you can do it numerous ways. You can format it yourself, which is actually what I did for my books because I like kind of that kind of nitty gritty computer stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But it is tedious and it's 
and I made tons of mistakes I had to go back and fix and I used caliber and it was honestly I would recommend if you don't have the patience for that or don't have the time to just hire someone you can there's tons of um formatting kind of companies that you can find on online and they'll just you send them your manuscript you pay them a flat fee they format it for you they send it back and they send it to you in all the formats you need like for amazon and for whatever for mm -hmm. ebook for print um if you are you can also use programs so vellum is a popular one for mac um and that one is great because you basically just put in your page size you put in your font size you pick your kind of chapter heading styles like you can pick a more kind of you know refined one you can pick a flowery one if you're writing a romance things like that and mm -hmm. then it basically just does it for you you have to tweak it a bit um like for example the bios at the start of this one would need some tweaking like if you want them to be a little smaller in in indent like to be indented in mm -hmm. or margins to be smaller than the actual story things like that and you basically just kind of fiddle with it but that program is really intuitive there's another program for pc what the heck is it called um, I'll send it to you. You can include the link <laughs> if okay. you want in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, that one's like the PC version. And the same thing, you kind of fiddle with it. Thing is, those ones you have to pay for. So I think Vellum's like 250 bucks US. So it's not mm -hmm. cheap. If you're going to be doing a lot of ebooks yourself, it's worth it. But if you're doing a one-off, it's better off just to hire someone to do it. Um, yeah. And you can find people on Fiverr too that have Vellum that will do it for you. Uh yeah, you just have to know all your specs. You have to know the trim size. You have to know if you want bleed. You won't need bleed if you, unless you have images. Uh, you need to know, yeah, your final, no, the formatting tells you the spine size. So, yeah. <laughs> Basically, once you format it, you know the final, the final page count, and then that helps you determine the spine width of, yeah. the, of the book. Yeah, that's something I wasn't ready for when I was doing the cover was mm -hmm. I was like, how big do you make that spine? Well, it completely depends on the number of pages. Yeah, and oh. then it, it also changes based on if you send it to formatting because it, it just, it, it's different. <laughs> it's yeah. annoying. You have to go back and fix it. And so you make sure, most cover artists know this. They know that you're going to be, you know, you want to design it all and then you pay them and then you go back to them and say, I need a spine change. And they usually just do it because they know that's going to happen. Or yeah. you can talk to them about it ahead of time. Be like, I'm going to need a spine change. I don't want to pay for that extra. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. At the end. Because some charge you, like, my cover designer charged me 10 bucks for an alteration that I wanted to do, which is I felt was fair. It's his time. Yeah. But when I had to go back and get the spine changed, he just did it because he expected that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when I had to do it twice because I screwed up on yeah. something. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's the the ending, you know, the the icing on top at the end yeah, there final step. Um, but you can't you can't stop there you know there's marketing after that there's uh you should be doing marketing before too yeah yeah i mean that's just what i mean it's like say. marketing the whole time <laughs> yeah just it just keeps going um and that's a, the crazy thing about kickstarter i think is most people write and they get it done and they get all the steps done and they get it printed and then they well they're marketing before that but then they start really trying to sell it well with the kickstarter you're trying to sell it before it's done so it's a little tricky, but at the same time, you know, I used a, uh, a program, a website I found, which will wrap your cover around a 3D image of a book and it'll make, you know, it'll show what the book will look like. And they'll do a hardcover, a uh, paperback, and even like the, the Kindle version and stuff yeah, like that. And my I, designer and I, does that too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I mean, yeah, it, he's, it's included. <laughs> it helps with the visualization, yeah. you know, of, of knowing what it'll look like. And so for Kickstarter, people want to see that. They want to see what, you know, this is what the physical thing will look like. So mm -hmm. that's important. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it's a lot of work as far as 
you know, most of the work, I think, to me at least, was the coordinating and the communication back and forth, um, you know, and, and getting things set up. Um, but I love that, like I mentioned. I, I love that. I think that it was really great. I feel like I, I know a lot of these people <laughs> really well because we, you know, we've talked back and forth a lot. And it's it's great. Uh, of course, there are others who, you know, they answer every fourth email and <laughs> and they don't want to, you know, talk a lot, which is fine. I totally understand that. Uh, but, yeah, you just have to be ready. You have to kind of know how to work with people. And when people are difficult, you can't, you know, say screw you and you know curse them out or you just you know you have to know how to be a manager i guess a little bit so i think a lot of publishing is dealing with people which you would think it, yeah. it wouldn't be because it's books but no you're dealing with a lot of people and a lot of people are very protective about their books and so they get oh, yeah. very bent out of shape if you suggest things to them sometimes some don't some are great you're just like yeah. like yeah sure i'll change that and some are like i don't know i really like this particular sentence and i'm just like yeah. but it doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> And then there's people like me who will be like, okay, I'll fix that. And then, you know, to my wife, I'm like, what are they talking about? Oh, yeah. My editor, Martez, <laughs> I trust her, like, so much. She's like, she when she's so blunt, too, she'll just be like, this sentence doesn't make any sense. You're using the wrong tense again. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she's like the sweetest, nicest person. I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for disappointing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, how long did it really take for you to come up with the idea and then have the you said it was march that you want to have it released right so yeah and that's a year a little less well not even i mean I, I guess i probably 10 months um okay but i you know i threw out march just because i'm trying to be you know like over uh plan right um but like you mentioned one time that there's it takes three months from when the book is done uh what was that to when well, it can if be... in traditional, like if you're doing traditional publishing and if you're trying to get into bookstores and things, you do want to have your book kind of to the printer, so to Ingram Spark or to wherever you're publishing it. Amazon doesn't really matter unless you're doing a pre-order. Um, mm. You can do a pre-order, I think, up to a year in advance. But I think people say four months is kind of max mm. unless you're like, a, you know, Stephen King. Um, <laughs> so you want to have it available for bookstores to order from distribution from like Ingram Spark places like that oh, um, yeah. because they need to order it ahead of time. Now they can't or they can order it and get copies or they can't sell them until the release date. But uh, that way you can contact them and say, Hey, I have this book. Uh, you know, it's coming out in March. It's December now, you know, it's going to be yeah. this price. It's going to be, here's the marketing um, I'm doing for it. So they realize that it's not just you being like, here's my book. I'm not doing any marketing for it. Uh, yeah, it, it's a whole it's a whole thing. There's a whole thing to publishing that people don't realize that I didn't realize until I got into it, um, mm -hmm. like in as a publisher. It's, it's yeah. hard. So I guess, yeah, I guess I was just trying to overshoot a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I did that because I, I, I have contributed to a lot of Kickstarters and most of them run into some kind of timeline problem. And they're mm -hmm. like, sorry, you know, the distributor and especially now trying to get things from overseas. Yeah. printed and, and, and shipped and all this stuff. It's a huge headache. So I wanted to try to cover for that, although, you know, hopefully it doesn't go much further than March. That's <laughs> <that'd> <laughs> be bad. Um, but yeah, like everything, you know, from concept, which was probably, I mean, I've been thinking about it for a long time, but from like actually sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I mean, that was earlier this summer. It, you know, it didn't take too long. Right. Um, and it's not a 40-hour-a-week thing either. You know, it's, it's a kind of spare time thing. 
uh, mm-hmm. at least at first. Um, but also, you know, I've read now 85,000 words. That's an entire novel. And I've read this twice to go, you know, to make sure that I'm getting all the different levels of editing through there and proofreading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to read it again, you know. So, I mean, reading this book over and over again is is a big part of it, too. That takes a lot of time. So, oh, yeah, you have to be for ready sure. for that. <laughs> and if yeah. you're hiring out the editing, it takes even longer. I mean, I mean, most editors can edit, edit that much in about two weeks if they're doing yeah. it. I mean, because usually most editors aren't just doing your one book. They're doing, like, multiple because it, it's yeah. really draining to read the same book and edit it for like seven hours in a stretch. So yeah. I tend to have two or three projects going at once when I'm editing. Um, <laughs> so I usually give a two week, two or three week kind of for a book that size. It's usually two weeks. Well, I think that's it. I hope this helped people uh, either, you know, who are thinking about making an anthology or someone who's looking to get into one. Um, and, you know, make sure you check out the Kickstarter. I'll have a link to it in the notes for today. Um, and if you can't, you know, if, you, if you're not interested in actually pledging in one of the tiers, spread the word. You know, let people know. Um, that's been a big help, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, like, and it's like we said, it's, this isn't donations. You know, we're not looking for uh, charity. It's just we want to get this book out there. I mean, of course, everyone does. And, uh, and so this is like a pre-order kind of a thing where you also get, you know, package deals and like a little bit of a discount on what it would be retail. Mm-hmm. So I think it benefits both sides. Oh, for sure. Uh, and now I'm like, have to stay off of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks everyone for listening. Check us out on, uh, we have the Twitter, on the Twitters. <laughs> and uh, of course, on Anchor, I have I usually have a link to that with the, the main page with all the, the episodes. Check that out. Again, thanks everyone for listening. I'm Sean. That's Tina over there in Canada. <laughs> Where it's cold today. <laughs> yes. And uh, we appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.